Everyone talks about these companies. We talk with them. Welcome to Insider Talks, the show where we interview China-based professionals on hot and thought-provoking topics. Hello, everyone. I'm Matthew David, uh, founding partner of Dashi Consulting, and today、uh, we are recording、uh, Market Insider、uh, Talk, and I'm very, 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 very excited today because we have someone from Google China, and that's a market we looked at, the market of what we call、uh, outbound advertising. So joining me today is Joanna Guo. You are senior marketing solution manager at Google China, and、um, a lot of people who are listening to us, maybe. Are、uh, asking themselves, but what is China doing? What is Google? So you're doing in China when it's blocked, like Facebook, like、uh, Twitter, like so many of all the services, and they do what we call outbound advertising. So it's very, very specific to China. Outbound advertising, meaning that you do advertising in a country where you are not.、Um, you might have your headquarters in China, but you're actually selling to the U.S. to Europe. And we 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 have looked at this market a little bit before at Dasha Consulting, and that's、um, a market we estimated at 12 to 15 billion USD、uh, spending on platforms. Big player being Facebook. It's about 10% of the revenues, about 5 billion USD they do in China. So Chinese companies paying JMB for advertisement、um, overseas. And then you have、uh, Google. You have also a player like Twitter, and you have. Over the last five or six years, a new player, which is Amazon,、uh, half of the、um, the the people selling, the companies selling on Amazon are Chinese,、uh, with、uh, all those services that Amazon is offering, FBA and so on. There is also advertising, and that has been a large part of their revenues recently. I think it's about five billion a quarter, and with the pandemic. Uh, it has accelerated, so it's about for Amazon about 20 billion of spending of advertisement,、uh, and certainly a size of it is from China. So we're talking about a market which is very trusted by a few players. Google is one of them、uh, to do outbound ad- advertising. Google is big. Google has a lot of services. He has search. He has display, remarketing, Google Shopping, and that's something I will ask you a lot of questions on.、Uh, but also YouTube.、Uh, Google Store. We sometimes forget, but there is Android and Google Store. We do advertising on it, and gaming is a big thing in China.、Uh, Chinese companies are very big, very good at games.、Um, and we have the drive, all those services like emails and so on、uh, from Google. I spoke a lot, but I wanted to、uh, set up a bit of the of where we are, the the the, the market, and because people don't know about this market, Chinese companies are going overseas, and they need those platforms like. Like Google, thank you very much for being、um, with us. Anything you like to 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 say on top of what I've just said, or correct me? Maybe I I I I I was wrong on、um, some aspects. No, yeah.、Um, thank you, Matthew, and、uh, good morning to I guess、um, everyone. And this is Joanna,、uh, and I'm really happy to be here at Dashia Consulting to share a little bit about what Google China is doing and what Google Advertising is doing and what we are basically daily are、uh, doing to help with these small and biz- medium business brand、uh, to go global. Actually, yeah, what、uh, Matthew has、uh, introduced about is、uh, it's. It's all correct.、Um, these、um, outbounding export、um, services, we are actually staying in China for、uh, for to provide this kind of advertising、um, support, even though Google Search is、uh, officially banned and、um, exited China actually to the public. It seemed that、um, we're, we were long gone, but actually、uh, we. Uh, the headquarter in Greater China is in Hong Kong, and we have uh, uh, offices based in Shanghai, Beijing, Shenzhen,、uh, Taiwan, and Hong Kong, of course. And、uh, now the employees in Shanghai is around 800 people. So the total employees in China is actually 1,000, and it's been increasing uh, uh, rapidly. These, especially these two years. So in Shanghai, we're actually based in.、Um, Uh, the Huanqiu,、uh, the the global financial center,、um, so it's on the very top of the building, and we have around like five 
uh, and we're opening two more floors here um, in the office. Um, just uh, want to share a little bit. So a, this uh, is the, the meeting room um, in Google, so nice. can share a little bit. Um, you can see uh, a very interesting design of the room. It's actually fans, a very Chinese element. Um, and if you have the chance to visit China, uh, Google China office, then you can see every meeting room is designed differently uh, with different Chinese elements. Um, and um, more to say, we have uh, gene rooms, we have sleeping pods, we have everything we have, uh, we're supposed to have in Mountain Views, and we also have this fancy um, cafeteria. So um, I really hope that you guys have the chance to visit. So yeah, we, uh, we are in China uh, all the time. Um, and, and we are increasing, expanding just because of this exporting, outbounding um, business are growing uh, very uh, tremendously, especially um, in these uh, two years. Um, and actually Facebook and Amazon, they also have their um, own team here based in, uh, uh, based in China, mainland China, or also Hong Kong as well to uh, serve these small and medium businesses as well. So. Yeah, I guess um, um, those those are what I wanted to add on. I'm happy to um, chat more about it. Yeah, so uh, it's a very exciting sector. Uh, reason being is that indeed um, uh, that's has a crossroad of different dynamics. First, going digital. Secondly, Chinese companies going overseas, and Chinese companies doing D 2 C direct to consumer. And at Dasha Consulting, we brought a report called Brand Independence, how to become independent from Tmall, how to become independent from Amazon, because that's also what you help to, uh, to sell on your own Shopify website or to sell on your, uh, on your own Magento website and so on and so on. Um, I like to understand better what are the tools that Chinese companies are using to go overseas. Google has different services. Most people know the search. So most of the um, uh, people when people search on, on Google you have a banner uh, on the on the top on the right maybe less on the right now but on the top at the bottom and it's ads and in between is uh, organic search and uh, it's paid search you have this then you have the display so display is when you go on the website and you have a banner uh, managed by Google ads at display you have remarketing which is to retarget people when they go on other platforms you have then the services of Google like drive emails um, and you have YouTube, uh, and finally Google Store Android. Am I, am I missing something here? Um, no, you covered definitely a lot of uh, what we offer. Um, but um, I, I would uh, kind of add on to that a little bit because a big chunk of uh, things Google did is, um, is data. So uh, we are a big data company, right? We have uh, uh, we have around seven, um, I think eight now, eight platforms, including uh, what you've just said, like Google Play, email, uh, Gmail, YouTube, um, and you know Android, um, and so eight uh, platforms. Each platforms would uh, have uh, more than one billion active users. So we actually, as Google, we have the data around different platforms, and we know every consumers every consumer what they're doing across the 10 platforms and what their interests are and what their searching behaviors are so besides offering uh the advertisement place for these business to go abroad we actually hold in hands with our business from beginning of their going overseas to developing their business to expanding their businesses so before they start their business um Say, say Matthew, if you're selling, um, I don't know, cosmetics um, to USA, you don't know about USA. Um, a lot of Chinese businesses, they don't know because uh, the consumers are very different from domestic markets and they don't know about their interests. They don't know what they're searching for, where they buy cosmetics, whether it's through Amazon, whether it's uh, through the social platforms or, or whatever. So we kind of provide these data to help the business to identify key markets and key trend and key consumers to target on um, based on what categories they have or what advantages they have and also help them to plan out uh, what countries to focus on and then what countries to expand later after. So that's a 
beginning of their uh, journey. And then during the journey, they, of course, spend a lot of time to uh, market themselves, to advertise their uh, products. Um, here, I would say, yeah, so echo to Matthew, we really have a lot of products. We have uh, different kinds of advertisements. You can post uh, words, that's search. You can post pictures, that's display uh, advertisements. And you can use um, you can use videos, right? And you can also use KOL to help you promote your product. But how are you going to plan on different uh, resources to, um, to assign different weights to these media media types, right? So we kind of help you to uh, identify different key metrics like CPC or like impression shares on different platforms. So you can um, more strategically plan your budget on. And also we kind of help you to measure your goals after you did your advertisements because we have Google Analytics. We have a lot of data platforms that will help you see these datas and see your consumer um, uh, informations. So we help you to analyze these datas and to optimize your strategy. Um, and when you can want to further expand your business to maybe uh, some emerging markets or um, to um, maybe to optimize your logistics or payment services, Google also have um, a bunch of consultants. We have a consulting team based in different uh, local markets around the world. So people will help you to do the localizations, not just to translate your campaign, translate your websites, but also with uh, kind of provide some logistics solutions for you um, to help you uh, build a um, offshore, maybe an in, uh, in, in offshore warehouses even. Um, so those are also services that Google can provide. So it basically it's like a hand-in-hand, hand handhold uh, throughout the journey. Thank you very much for adding that data is key uh, at the start, at the very start. Does it mean that actually you, you, you invoice for this service of providing data and consulting? Because we are using as a company, Google, uh, we are using, we pay Google, uh, both on search and display. And we get sometimes on the phone, a consultant from, I think in Ireland, to be honest. So we have to, to make sure the time zone is correct. Uh, but they provide this consulting for free on how to adapt your, your, your campaign and so on. But here I feel it's, it's a little bit different. It goes further here. Yeah, so um, we definitely, so so uh, at the beginning of my job, what I did is I provide a lot of consultants, uh, uh, consulting services to my uh, clients about how they should um, better optimize their campaigns. But throughout the process, we also believe that campaign isn't only, or, or marketing or advertising isn't the only solution to help them grow their business. We believe that there are a lot of elements uh, of, that will uh, kind of become the bottleneck for their businesses to grow. So uh, depends on what stages they have, we kind of pull out resources to help them. That's what we want to do because we want to see a more healthy ecosystem for these business businesses. Um, so we are even uh, helping to grow the talents in the market because we see in Chinese, we are really short of um, talents who understand the global markets and who can do advertising for this business. So we kind of have those projects to uh, partner with some uh, uh, talent uh, companies in the uh, in the in the China market to grow the talents and then help them uh, uh, bridge them into those businesses that uh, that that they that in need of these talents. So, yeah. I see. Uh just a few a few words you use cpc uh, for people who don't know is cost per click cpm is cost per million so per 1000 views usually the views and not the clicks uh, so everyone is on the same line um you mentioned the warehousing yeah. by the way uh the warehousing is it's one of the uh value proposition which was missing uh from google like three years ago but or two yeah three years ago since um, but since 2018 uh, Google invested in JD.com. And as my understanding at that time, in 2018, it was a way for Google to add up warehousing to Google Shopping and actually to some way have an offer which is try to, correl to correlate and, and be at the same page with FBA fulfilled by Amazon and the warehousing. Am I, am I mistaken here? Is it correct that you, 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 this investment in JD was about warehousing and providing those warehousing system? 
I think we kind of formed a partnership with Shady so that we can offer a uh, more uh, affordable um, logistic uh, offerings, solutions for our clients. So if Google invested 550 million uh, USD at that time. It was two years, two and three years ago, something like this, 2018. Um, so you not only help Chinese companies going overseas, you invest also in China. Uh, that's another part actually uh, of, of uh, your activities of Google in China is to invest in Chinese companies. And I feel that very often there is this idea of uh, going overseas like with JD.com to, to support some logistics uh, services. Um, what do Chinese companies prefer in terms of services uh, you, you provide in terms of search, display, YouTube? Uh, you mentioned KOL, by the way. I'm, I'm, I was surprised you mentioned KOL because this is not a product um, offer, offered by, by Google in itself, uh, but that's within the ecosystem. Um, I'm asking the question because I feel selling overseas is very, very different from selling to China. Uh, in China, most players will go through Tmall, JD, marketplaces, and um, maybe a bit of WeChat now. Uh, and then we think a lot, a lot about video with Douyin, for instance. So when they go overseas, what do they think of? They, most Chinese companies don't have a website to go overseas. Uh, they, they, they maybe think about videos and KOL because that's what's working in China. How do they react? Yeah. Um, so before answering your question, I want to say there are huge differences between uh, Chinese market and uh, the global markets, right? So in China, it's basically two big, huge platforms uh, dominates the, the market. It's like 80% or 90% of the uh, traffic sources from these big platforms. But in uh, uh, US, for example, um, Amazon only uh, a it's only about 40% of the market share of the traffic sources. So around like more than half of the people still shop uh, in those branded uh, .com, right? The .com uh, websites or on those uh, social platforms. So that's why this makes the market so so different. Um, and uh, if, if now, uh, if, if say today, if a Chinese business uh, thinking about going global, they will have to think about whether I want to uh, um, launched my product on Amazon, this platform, or whether I wanted to build my own uh, website. So now these days uh, with uh, Shopify or, or, or these kind of um, uh, website building uh, companies thriving, um, they, they make building their own websites easier and easier processes. So more and more people would uh, um, think about building their own brand uh, websites because uh, the advantages are very ob obvious. Uh, you have the data, you have the first-hand data. Um, um, I mean, consumer data, right? That, those are really valuable thing, um, especially if you wanted to um, um, uh, op, uh, do the operations, uh, a lot of um, advertising directly to the consumers and, and you wanted to accumulate these uh, valuable resources, that's a very good uh, way to start your uh, business. That's why um, I think Google and Facebook's revenue are also booming especially after coronaviruses and also a lot of um, big sellers on amazon they're trying to uh, set up their own websites as well um so so that's very different right um yeah so i i guess um then um they are are a lot of um opportunities i think we we can still seize um in this outbound business so think about 10 years before um we still the, when the traffic costs are still low, right? The CPCs are still low. So those are the, um, I think the outbound business is started by uh, a few um, a few overseas students when they're coming back to China and they think, oh, um, things selling at Ch China, for example, one close is only 20 renminbi, but then you can sell 20 bucks in US. So you can, uh, you can uh, still uh, arbitrage from, from this, um, uh, price differences. Um, so they started this business. And then after, um, I, I think like after two or three years, Amazon boom. So it's the platform, uh, it's the platform, I, I mean, the I don't know how to put it, put this in English, but Hongli is like kind of opportunities on this platform. So people started to flush in, uh, flooded into the platform. And then after that was uh, Facebook, right? It's like the social platform is coming booming. So people doing it, it's easier for them to do businesses and to do social 
uh, marketings, and then after that is uh, it's a, a DTC, it's like a setting your own websites. So this is the opportunities we're kind of seeing now, and maybe in the in the future we'll see KOLs, we'll see videos, uh, will be booming because of uh, TikTok going global. So I think uh, Google is also very proactively uh, uh, kind of uh, trying to innovate uh, the YouTube uh, the product offerings. Um, and how 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 does that um, catch the trend um, of, of, of this market booming? And also, they're partnering with uh, some uh, KLL companies as well to um, uh, help our clients looking for KLL resources or, or the KLL um, um, solutions for this business as well. Um, so. I guess I kind of looked back a little bit to see what how the market is formed and how the market become uh, what it is today, um, and some of the opportunities we're looking at. So that that, that is why we did so many things to um, wanted to uh, see these opportunities as well. I see. Uh, so what you are saying is that um, Chinese companies getting more and more interested in advertising outside um, of um, of Amazon, basically, and having their own website to what we call D2C, direct to consumers, or what we call actually industrial brand independence from those big platforms for consumer data first. But one one argument which is big is a margin, because Amazon is taking 15% on your sales, plus uh, mm -hmm. the, the, the money you need to spend on advertising, plus FBA, uh, and mm -hmm. you, can, uh, you can go up to what? 30, 40% of your, of, your, yeah. of your price to give to Amazon. If it's a big product, it's expensive to, to send with FBA. Uh, you have to rent the warehousing to sue them because otherwise you don't rank well on the platform. So the mm -hmm. brand independence is also a financial constraint, right? Uh, do, do you yeah. feel that some clients are coming to you to say, hey, our margin is taken by the, these, those players, those marketplaces, um, and we want to take out of it to, to gain more independence yeah. and to get the data like the email of people, the address of people, so yeah. we can resell. Because acquired client is expensive, so you want to be able yeah. to resell by yourself. Is it is it also yes. financial? Yes, yes, definitely. That's very valid, and that and we heard a lot of uh, comments on that. And also because I think Amazon is it's becoming more and more competitive um, places, um, so the the price becomes higher. And also Amazon is trying to um, um, incubate their own brands, right? So uh, sometimes these brands have to compete with their own brands as well. So that's uh, that's making them a lot of uh, our businesses are not happy about it. So um, building their own brand would be a, a long-term strategy for them. I see. You just said that uh, COVID impacted positively uh, your, your your business. Um, in in what in what sense do you feel that the the Chinese companies were already ready to go overseas? My my intuition is that. Uh, before COVID, they were not entirely ready to go overseas by themselves with their own brand, with their own website, and so on. So, uh, how how do you feel about the difference? What did they do? Did they recruit people to do that internally? Did they go on Shopify to 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 do mm -hmm. it? Uh, did they mm -hmm. did they work with an agency? Um, mm -hmm. Oh, did they? By the way, did they use Google Shopping because you have a solution to sell directly through the search, for instance? Yeah. Yes, yes, uh, yes. So um, I think from the market's perspective, uh, before, uh, so 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 the Chinese market is very, uh, is boasted of its own supply chain. It has a strong supply chain. Basically, you can build everything and you can manufacture a lot of things very quickly, right? And also our factories have been upgraded a lot. They can not only follow the prototype, but they also can innovate. Some of the factories uh, are become uh, are having this ability to innovate something. So I think that's the advantage why uh, China uh, uh, is the right uh, place to start a DTC uh, model to go to the world and 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 this advantage become to show during COVID-19 because um, not to say China, how quickly how quick China recovered from the coronavirus uh, uh, the coronavirus period right but also the factory in this period I can see the resilience and I can see how adaptable they are they become to sell healthcare products and then uh, later after sell a lot of things that related to these um, kind of products and 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 through through these phenomena, what I can see is how quick they can adapt to the world change. So that's the uh, from the China's market and from the U.S. market. Uh, so the um, online 
so people going on so the internet um um how do i say the um, uh, people using internet to buy something, the rate is becoming higher, right? More and more people are buying on internet because they cannot go out. Um, they, they have to stay at home. Um, and then um, also because they 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 think about the so the US uh, so all the global users they think about brand very seriously. When they first go online, they wanted to get trustworthy brand or trustworthy products. That's why making brand such an important thing during COVID-19. And we also notified, uh, and we also um, recognize this trend that when those businesses have their bigger bigger brand or they have more stable um, investment before, because uh, for example, they have a stable logistics, stable warehouses or stable customer services, they become, they grow exponentially. Or, But on the other hand, other companies that didn't invest beforehand on these building uh, good customer services or, or these uh, good products they kind of they kind of got wiped out in this game so it's like um so we so so many business will have to strive up to building their own good product and good customer services and then lead through the brand journey so they see this a way out um and and this is the market trend uh we are seeing now Interesting. So you said. I don't know if that answered your question. I kind yeah, of forgot but, what you answered. Yeah. I, I, so, so the point was to say when during COVID, where the company, Chinese company, is ready to actually uh, yeah. take advantage of going overseas. And what you said, they were uh, ready because of supply chain and because they are yeah. innovative. And I would have had a few examples in the makeup industry. You have perfect dairy and florases, we are going, which are going overseas now and making it bigger. And they are uh, known to be able to be very innovative in the makeup industry in China. And it feels they are trying to, they are doing the same with the West. And that correlates exactly what you say. The Chinese companies um, actually have able to adapt very well, very quickly because supply chain is here. Uh, logistics mm -hmm. is good. Um, factories can adapt very quickly because in the factories of the OEM, you have an office actually, which is in charge of innovative with the brands. Um, and mm -hmm. uh, they, they were somewhere ready, maybe not entirely with a website and so on. And that has maybe taken a bit of time for them, uh, but they were ready mm -hmm. on the product or they could be ready on the product very quickly. Yes. And then for brand building or for, for the uh, building their own website, a lot of this business will uh, partner with agencies. So agencies are, are very um, uh, important, uh, has very important roles in this um, ecosystems, right? So um, all the other infrastructures are very uh, well well built. Uh, for example, you have website building uh, Shop, Shopify, Shopify, right? You have PayPal for your payments. You have logistics solutions. And then uh, if if you are if you don't know the consumers that well, if you don't know how to advertise or how to um, interact with your users, that you can definitely rely on agencies. There are a lot of agencies that are the first partner with uh, Google. So so we're deeply partnering with our agencies. We uh, enable the agencies. It's actually what I do here. A large part of my job is to enable these uh, agencies uh, to um, um, to um, um, build up a more uh, more um, um, uh, well-rounded uh, portfolio solution portfolios to serve their clients. And we uh, Google actually will provide uh, trainings, and we provide data, and we provide a thought leadership um, to help enable these um, agencies um, to be able to better serve the, the market. Interesting. So you go through agencies who have requests for the client. Maybe they worked with those agencies for China. And then one day the client is saying, uh, oh, we are thinking about going overseas or, or overseas business is, go is growing actually. But now we need, we need to, to make things seriously and independent maybe from the big platforms. We talked a lot about Amazon, but Ali, AliExpress as well is, is, is not mm -hmm. small for Chinese companies. So you have different platforms, not only, not only this one, not only Amazon. Uh, and they might think about being independent to gain a bit of margin, but also to build a, a, a brand. I, I like to, mm -hmm. to to know what do you see in terms of products or services um, or maybe digital um, products that are sold by Chinese companies. Uh, my understanding is that um, Chinese Chinese companies are doing well in, in gaming now with uh, APPs apps. Uh, so I mm -hmm. believe it's impacting your your Google Play Store. Um, and the yes. advertisement spend, uh, of course, with products, um, more and more with brands, but that's still um, that's still at the infancy. Uh, still a lot to do. 
what do you feel as verticals and segments which are taking off specifically uh, to go overseas? Mm, okay, um, so we look at the big verticals first. So first is app and non-app. So non-app is like B2C markets, right? Or B2C and B2B um, also. So app is still the biggest uh, part um, um, in our um, um, revenue uh, sources. So it's like uh, it's like 60 or to 70% uh, our app. Um, and, and others are B2C and B2B. B2C will be like around uh, 20 to 30% and then the rest will be B2B businesses. So in, in the app uh, um, uh, market, uh, of course there will be further segments, right? So the gaming or the tools. Um, so gamings and tools will be the biggest part um, to, to form the uh, the, the app businesses. So gaming is still the, the biggest. Uh, we, of course, we have different kind of uh, gamings, RPG or the small uh, leisure games or whatever. Um, but that's uh, that also depends on what kind of uh, uh, markets that you want entry, right? Um, so if you, uh, leisure games nowadays are very popular. I mean, especially in US, we are also enabling our uh, games to monetize themselves through um, uh, we have AdSense, um, all these, all those products to help them, um, um, uh, you know, open their place for um, advertisements. That, that, that's how they monetize. So we're trying to solve those problems, and then um, RPGs definitely will be uh, um, will be uh, driving for in-app purchases, and that's how they make money. But that depends, really depends on how the uh, what. Uh, export markets that you want to enter and how the consumers are behaving. That's the app businesses. And for the non-app part, um, um, in the B2C part is uh, the the is is the big part of what what we are working mostly for because app businesses are very automatic. Right. So um, app will be it's just uh, if if you do advertisement on app, then you just uh, blow your um, assets, upload your words, then boom, the machine will go by themselves. That, that doesn't require a lot of talents or a lot of, a lot of um, human, human uh, uh, work. But in the B2C markets, we have a lot of offerings, just like what I said, because it's more complicated, it's more human, uh, it's, it requires human work a lot. So B2C markets, uh, we further divide into subcategories, like the biggest part will be apparel, apparel and fashion. So it's like uh, about 30 to 40% of the B2C market. And then it's the uh, consumer electronics uh, segments. It's been growing really fast and uh, China has very, um, has a good advantage uh, in ma manufacturing these products. And uh, coming after is the home and living thing. Um, and this is also thanks to cor coronavirus, the home and living um, is, is growing really fast um and and next is the cosmetics and beauty thing especially some uh, tech beauty products we see um it's been growing really fast as well so so those are the four main um, um subcategories that we are looking for uh, we're, we're looking at uh, especially for the ddc D2, d2c uh brands we think um it would be easier for these d2c brands to thrive you focus on these uh, four categories. Um, that's for B2C. And B2B will be a very uh, small part, but uh, it's, it's more like, uh, it's more, more around you have to uh, have the alliance with government um, and uh, and the advertising format will be a lot easier. So that's not, uh, at least it's not my focus, but B2B part is also a, a very um, interesting and very, um, and very interesting part um, to look at if, if you, uh, definitely have resources um, in this part. Uh, yeah, yeah, so clearly. that's the... B2B actually could use your services for display, for influencing on... on, um, on, on and leads, yeah. gen, and so on, yeah. Yeah, interesting. But, but, but because of the coronaviruses and the political um, issues, like, I, I think it, it, it's also facing challenges. So, so, so um, I have to be careful um, about choosing uh, to enter, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, we talked about a bit of geographies, uh, Southeast Asia, the US, uh, Europe. Um, I feel uh, there's mixed feelings about where Chinese companies go, go first or should invest most. The US is a very big market, um, actually um, um, available income um, is, is high, comparatively speaking to the other countries. And uh, it's a unified market, one language. Europe 
it's a big market. Um, you, you have uh, disposable income too, but it's a very fragmented market with a lot of languages, regulations, and so on. Very difficult to, act, to, to approach. And then you have Southeast Asia, it's closest. Uh, mm -hmm. So there are a lot of Chinese diaspora. Uh, the, the, the also, it's fast growing. Uh, and uh, they might actually be willing to buy more non-branded products or with new brands and so on. So how do you see the different opportunities for Chinese companies with those different geographies or different ways of selling? Mm, okay. Um, so when looking at what markets to entry, I think you have to look at from the, from the market perspective, but also you have to look at the business um, DNA itself. Um, so from the market perspective, of course, we can provide you a lot of trends. For example, you know, uh, what is uh, the search, um, the heated search in, in the US and what uh, if you, you're selling beauties and cosmetics, maybe you can start by trying Shopee or Lazada in the SEA market. That's that's uh, like uh, how the market shape and what channels you want to choose, right? Whether you, now you want to build uh, a website the dot-com uh, website, or you just want to try on the platforms. So that's also very highly dependent because different uh, markets will have different uh, 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 segmentations. Um, and that's from the market perspective. Um, but uh, I would say US and Europe would be much uh, similar. They have uh, higher uh, internet penetration rate and they're more stable uh, in terms of payment or logistics. Um, um, uh, but in SEA or some new emerging market, probably you will meet a lot of challenges for the local, uh, I mean, the local, well, logistics would be complicated um, and the payment would be very, um, how, how should I say, it's not so that trustworthy. So those those would be some challenges that you will face you will be facing. So that's the uh, market side. But also I would uh, encourage people to think from their own business uh, perspective. So, for example, how much capitals you you can afford to lose, let's say, right? Uh, or how much, or whether you're VC backed, or whether you uh, have a strong brand, or whether you have the talents. Um, even the even the very because um, you you need very localized products. You it's it's the best if you can understand the local markets or have the local languages or have the local resources. Those are um, are are the key things that you will um, have to look at. Um, um, and also, I would say, thinking from your own perspective, you can think about your plan, like uh, where is the first stop and, and how you want to expand from this first stop. For example, if you start from uh, Shopee or from Lazada in the SEA market, then probably it's hard for you to build a brand or expand your brand to uh, to some, some developed countries. But if you are uh, starting from a de developing a developed countries, then uh, probably it's easier for you to build up your own presence in uh, the less developed countries as well. Um, so that's, I mean, for, from the market perspective and then from your own perspective, you have to, uh, you have to think it through. It's very, very interesting. I didn't think about that, but the logistics is actually um, more, I would say, mature uh, between China and Europe and China and the US than China and Southeast Asia, even if it's closer. And secondly, uh, to build a brand first in the, I would say, uh, more developed countries like uh, Europe and US could help you actually to come with a stronger brand after what we, we, we say the same for Chinese companies. When you enter China, start with, uh, for foreign companies, sorry, when they, you enter China, Start with Shanghai or Beijing with maybe a shop or a presence, and then you would expand to uh, second tier, third tier cities because it is establishing the brand too. And actually, in some way, that's the same thinking here. Um, it, it, yeah, it's um, it's it, it's good, 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 uh, good advice here. Um, how, how do you think uh, Chinese companies are 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 think um, um, managing their advertisement budget when they are already? Uh, um, offices overseas. So the Xiaomi, the Huawei, the Hire, um, they, they already have offices. They already have offices overseas. Do they actually decide to spend on advertising from China or it's more from different countries? How, how does it work? Uh, what's the typical process of a Chinese company or it's both offices? And here we are talking about more mature companies. Mm. Um, for those companies, because I, I saw a lot of companies that they both have a headquarters um, in China market and also they have offices and overseas. Um, and, 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 and also a lot of this kind of brand, they started from 
over uh, from domestic markets, right? So when they consider um, investing on glo in global market, uh, they mostly will um, have to form another team, a very standalone team, because because uh, uh, some of the ways that you did business in the domestic market will be very different um, in a global market, and and also you it takes time for you to try out your um, ideas or, or your teams or your or simply your your um, products in the global market. Um, so it, it really depends on how the CEO look at the global market, whether it's um, whether it's an all in or whether it's just a test of water. So if you think about um, all in, then probably you 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 need to um, prepare for uh, some of the back and forth and that wouldn't um, impact your domestic plan and also the domestic um let's say profit or ROIs. maybe it's not the right time to um, have the same ask to the global team so that's the i think that's the kind of global uh, that's, that's kind of the organization um organizational thing that i think the companies should look at when they think about uh going global um and um, if if they started to have their uh, local offices around the global, I would um, what I saw from a lot of cases would be the global offices would be taking care of um, 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 you know interacting with the local users or managing the KOLs or, or simply it's simply another partners or, or another business um, track for this uh, businesses. Um, so I would say, but the, still, the deciding power will belongs to the uh, the main company in their uh, domestic market. I see. I'm asking. I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, I'm asking that because I, I feel actually you work within China for Google is bigger than actually the money you collect in China because some of those companies have offices overseas and they certainly spend also locally, but influenced by you. Uh, toward the discussion you could have with the headquarters, do you have your training here, and uh, make educate them. So actually, the, the, the pipe, the, 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 the size of the market is certainly bigger than the actual GMMB that is invoiced from, mm -hmm. from China on, on those platforms. Uh, that, that, that was a thinking I had when preparing the, the, the interview. We talked about those bigger companies which have offices overseas. So Xiaomi, Huawei, uh, those are the, the big ones. But you have also a, a brand like iCycle, for instance, uh, closes um, um, Apple, which has an, a shop, I think, in Paris and being overseas for some time. You have Boston, right? Boston, uh, Boston in, in Chinese, Boston, right? He's doing a lot of advertising mm -hmm. in China and is in present in 70 countries. So. Now we see Chinese brands uh, being uh, uh, seen as trustworthy, good brands, brands you want to buy, not because you buy because you have um, financial constraints, like it could have been 10 years ago. Um, how do you feel the perception is evolving of Chinese brands going overseas? And how does it evolve in different regions of the, um, of the world? Uh, so you have Europe, you have the US, you have Southeast Asia, maybe Africa. Is there something going on with Africa, by the way? Uh, we, we, all, we never talk about Africa as, as actually a market for Chinese companies. It's also very fragmented. It's, it's not really. What, what's your perception? Yeah, so first of all, Africa, uh, it's, a, it's a very emerging market uh, for a lot of app companies uh, like uh, uh, gaming or, or um, some video uh, especially. Um, but um, also for but for B two C, I think it's uh, it's also a very challenging market uh, to to enter because it's very fragmented, just like you said, and a lot of a lot of infrastructures are not very are not very built up. Um, but uh, but the mobile penetration rate was very high. So if you're looking at uh, you know some mobile solutions, and and then that might be a good uh, interesting. Um, or hardware, yeah, uh, that might be a very interesting uh, uh, market as well. Um, and then um, back to the question, so Chinese brand, the per perception on Chinese brand, I think there's still a long way to go, honestly speaking. Okay. Um, um, we, we've been uh, doing a lot of surveys year on year on how people are looking at Chinese brand and how their uh, mindset's changing. I would say there, there are some positive changes, but it still needs time because 
I have to say, too many Chinese businesses going global, there are still too much focuses on profit themselves, not not on rather than on the products or the consumer experiences. So that's the thing I think we need to improve the market and we need to continue to educate the market to do. Um, um, uh, Cause well, sometimes um, we, we need to survive. Then the business will think about quick money. Um, but that really takes some time to uh, change their mindset and change how they do in the market. That's one thing. And another thing is we do see a lot of good products and good talents doing the businesses, but we're lacking the ability of telling story, telling, uh, you know, the story, telling the brand. Interesting. I mean, that, that, yeah, that's something we see, um, for example, US brands, they're really good at. Um, so a lot of DTC brands in the United States, um, they started, they're, they're start, started by uh, uh, American people, but actually they get products from China. But, but why they can build up a brand that can make some social noise? That's because they, they, they tell a good story. That's something um, I can see a lot of, because uh, I work with many domestic brands when they go abroad, we work with them. We see even they have a brand presence in China. They don't exactly know how to tell the brand story to the world, to the consumers. And that's what I think would be um, a long way to go. And we still need to keep working on it. Interesting. So the products, of course the products are good in China because most products in the world are made in China. So the, the branded products are, are made here, uh, but the Chinese brands still lack of ability to talk about their product and to, to, to actually uh, uh, do, do do the branding overseas, um, and I believe they insist maybe too much on the price instead of insisting more on the value they bring. Uh, that that's yeah. that's one of the the, the the challenges. Is there any segment you feel that um, Chinese companies um, are do? Uh, it's more difficult for Chinese companies to go overseas, and that's the opposite. Some it's easier. Um, um, Gaming, gaming, you say is big. In some way, we could think that uh, it's more difficult because you share a lot of data, that your privacy and so on. But maybe people are not really aware in the West that where it comes from as an app. Uh, on the opposite, um, devices um, uh, like phone and so on uh, are clearly branded as Chinese, like Xiaomi and and Huawei. What what mm -hmm. sectors do you feel are more difficult, and what sectors are actually much easier to to develop a Chinese brand uh, overseas? Hmm. That's a hard question. Well, that's a hard question. It's it's not. I think whether it's easy or not, it's really not depends on what categories that you you're in. Because you you see brands, because uh, you did you would never imagine a, an apparel company would set its own brand, right? Shein is a newly brand that that coming from China, and you never know that even apparel itself can can um can finally build up to a brand. Um, so. I, I don't think it's um, it's a main challenges for all the categories. It's just how this business think about long term. I think the long term mindset will be have to have to build in to the company's DNA and I mean to the CEO itself. It's, it's very it's very important. Um, I see. Yeah. So I see. Like 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 that, that's my own perspective. Yeah. Like you start a business in China, you think you need to think long term. It's it's expensive to start a business now in China to develop it, and you think long term. Certainly, similarly, when you go overseas, you need to think long term. Um, would you have some case studies um, to to share with us to illustrate those uh, Chinese companies going overseas that you you have helped? Um, some specific um, campaign you have supported, um, some uh, specific product. Yeah, I would really love to share, um, but I kind of maybe we're not allowed to <laughs> share the case in this public forum because that's some some private. Okay. Uh, yeah, thinking of some privacy of the clients. I'm but sorry. Even, and even if not specific, not saying the brand, but a, a story. Yeah, if not specific, okay, okay, okay. That's that. That'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so because the, the brand that I'm uh, working with recently, they they just went IPO. Um, yeah. Uh, so before they went IPO, I have to like really keep it closed. So that's a projector. 
uh, brand uh, in China, and uh, they they went abroad about one year ago. So it really took a long time for them to explore the way of going global and just like see how uh, and those challenges and those um, back and forth st st stages. Uh, uh, we, I kind of just shared with you because um, it's very different from the domestic market. So have to, to build a standalone team and recruit their own um, talents. And, and they kind of explore through Amazon, uh, Facebook, Indiegogo, and then uh, to building their own website. They kind of tried everything. But I think here a very um, important thing for them is to think about branding at a very early stages and think about going full funnel. Um, that being said, uh, now when, when there are YouTube, there are um, search or display or, or even shopping campaigns. I think Matthew mentioned a lot about shopping. So shopping is very uh, popular because it's very effective. When you post your pictures, you can see right away, you can see ROIs. Uh, so a lot of businesses would love it, but but you, you will see the bottleneck uh, using this product because if you don't have brand presence, if you don't invest in upper funnel, um, traffic, then there won't be conversions in the end. So I think it's very important to convince this company, the projector company that I'm working with, to invest in upper funnel at the very beginning. And even uh, uh, when they have, um, even when they're short of um, investment um, at the early stages, they still partner with KOLs. They still spend um, uh, spend money on making videos, making very good assets so that we have the stories to talk about so that we have some of the, we can, we can um, build our own difference with other brands, with other competitors. Um, and then the rest will be um, investing in the campaigns and, and analyzing, segmenting our consumers. So we helped them first analyze um, the consumer needs in the projector markets. Uh, at the beginning, it was to uh, uh, it was to work with uh, those business people that, that they need to um, uh, be mobile. And then after COVID nineteen, we identified that people stay with their family together uh, more often, and uh, um, and they kind of uh, like to social more at home. So projectors become a very um, um, important mean for them. Uh, that's why we build up a lot of stories, a lot of assets, videos around these kind of scenarios to help them grow. And uh, during COVID-19, their sales uh, uh, tripled. Um, and that's kind of uh, above the trend. So um, yeah, I guess that's a very um, interesting uh, uh, case. And I myself even learned a lot through the case. Interesting. Um, we are close to um, to one hour, so to, to the to the end of the interview. Um, would and I see that you you someone else booked your room. Uh, soon oh, sorry, after. my room just booked, <laughs> just booked for one hour, so someone is kicking me out. Okay, now. I I know those constraints in big companies. Uh, so how do you reach out to you if there is anyone listening to us who is interested to go overseas or helping Chinese companies go overseas? How to reach out to you? Sure. Um, I think maybe you guys can post my uh, WeChat uh, call, QR code so that um, every, anyone interested can feel free to scan me and we can um, have a chat. Okay. Are you responsive on LinkedIn? If someone wants to add you on LinkedIn? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Sure. Connect me on LinkedIn as well. Great. Thank you so much, Joanna. I know you are you are busy now. Someone else wants to take your, your room. Uh, thanks so much for the sharing. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it would be very helpful for anyone going overseas. Thank you, Matthew.